How do you access your intuition, that quiet voice inside, when you have a hard time sitting still, when your mind is a chatterbox and filled up with thoughts, and when you just want to be go, go, going? How do you do that? Well, today's guest is Dr. Karen Can, a doctor of light medicine and also a medical doctor. And she's going to tell us about her storm method for getting in your body to listen to yourself and to get the guidance you need in your life. Join us to find out more. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is greater than us, to the big mystery, beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably to a deeper understanding of ourselves and this world. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love coming in here week after week to have these conversations and bringing beautiful friends of mine to come and share their wisdom and their life experiences so that we can all benefit and from hearing uh, the realizations and the nuances of these journeys that we all share. Maybe just the details are slightly different. And so today, just so delighted to be having a conversation with my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Karen Can. Welcome to the show. So glad you're Hi. here. Same here, Carrie. I just absolutely love the work that you're doing and uh, everyone who connects with you is truly blessed. So thank you so much for having me on your show. No, I'm really grateful. You guys are going to love Dr. Karen. So she is a doctor of light medicine and she's a number one international bestselling author, a visionary and a pioneer in healing consciousness and spirituality. And her mission is to empower spiritually conscious people to harness their intuitive healing and manifesting superpowers to reach their highest vibration so they can help anchor in the reality of heaven on earth. And she is the founder of the Academy of Light Medicine, and she teaches everyone her three-step Tolkan Tolpakan healing, you're going to have to tell me how to say that, healing method, TKH which involves aligning the source of divine wisdom, asking quality questions through divine muscle testing and activating high vibrational healing frequencies. And she is like Yoda from Star Wars. And so you guys are going to enjoy working, uh, listening back to this, uh, this conversation. So one of the things that I know that we all contend with at this time on the planet is learning how to trust ourselves, learning how to listen in a different way, not on the outside necessarily, but tuning inside for the right answer and what's right for each person and knowing that the answer is inside. And we might get wisdom from the outside, right? Like we share our stories here because we get wisdom from hearing everyone's stories. There's benefit to that. And ultimately though, whatever comes through any conversation, whether it's with a doctor, as Dr. Karen is actually a doctor, she's an actual doctor. So we can we can hear that wisdom coming through but we also need to check it inside because there were many times when I sat in a doctor's office and I got a recommendation and it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like that doesn't seem right for me. I don't really feel aligned with that. 
And I had to make a decision, you know, am I going to listen to the expert or am I going to listen to myself and my body as my own source of wisdom as my own body? And, and many of you who've been following me for a long time, you know, that I led the skills, not pills movement, and it moved for a couple of years <laughs> and it might be revitalized. You never know, but I interviewed a lot of people, a lot of people talking about tune into your own wisdom, like really step into your power, listen to your body, listen to yourself, learn how to listen to that voice within, because that voice within has all your answers, much more so than somebody on the outside of you that's not having your experience. They're just guessing. They're kind of like, well, I think it sounds like this. And my best guess is this. And lately, a lot of it is also based on the computer. So I was telling Dr. Karen before we started the interview that I one time I uh, recently, a couple of years ago, I took my son to the doctor and the guy couldn't serve us because his computer was down. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) You're supposed to know a certain amount of stuff just without any other outside resource. But he was like, well, you know, I can't really help you because our computer system is down, so I can't do anything. And I thought that was the strangest thing for somebody to say that was wearing a white coat. So you know, there, especially as somebody who listens to my own wisdom and guidance, when people come to me, I don't go, well, I'm sorry, the computer's down. I can't help you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm able to listen to them and, and we'll help them work through it. So I think in this age of technology, you know, where people are really leaning into like chat GPT and work in this computer, tell me the answer or, or say it better than I can say it, or even like put the chip inside your head now, you know, or you know, all of these <laughs> things that I'm like, why are people doing this? And we're losing touch with our, well, like the amazingness of ourselves, right? We're losing touch with the amazing experience of being a soul in a body. That's more powerful than any of this other stuff. This other stuff is stuff that toys are created by souls, you know, to play with, but it's not the ultimate power. So having said all that, I know that we're going to take this conversation in amazing directions, Dr. Karen. So Tell us a little bit about your own journey to establish your wisdom in a world that is sort of relying on computers and textbooks and research studies to prove X, Y, Z and arguing over every little detail back and forth. How did you come to found this amazing Academy of Light Medicine and be teaching so many other people to trust themselves? How did you turn Mm -hmm. your back on that old world? Well, I think a lot of people have uh, experiences growing up as a child and being told that whatever they're feeling or thinking is not okay or that it's like untrue. And I have memories of when I was five being told to sit on my grandfather's lap to take a nice picture and I did not want to. And they said, well, come on, like, and I was kind of guilted into it. Like, come on, don't be like that, you know, be nice and sit on your grandfather's lap. But honestly, I didn't like the man. I just didn't. I didn't have a reason to because he was very charming. Everyone seemed to like him, but I didn't like the man. And so I did not want to smile in the pictures, which is sad because the one picture I do have with him, I look really great. But all the other quick pictures, I'm not smiling. I don't even remember if I ended up sitting on his lap, but if I did, I was like, come to find out decades later, I find out that he was uh, what people used to call a philanderer uh, and also an abuser. Uh, I had no idea, you know, as a child, no idea, never saw it, never heard it. But I found out, you know, through the grapevine eventually that there was some abuse there. So my child self knew on some level, this was not somebody 
to get close to, but I was literally conditioned out of that. And like so many sensitive people, we are taught to stop listening to ourselves because someone older and wiser, and to this day, my parents still give me that line. We are older and wiser than you. We have more experience. Yada, 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 right? And I'm thinking, well, do you remember that time where you had arguments with your parents? <laughs> like They were older and wiser, right? But yeah, you did your thing, right? So I think it's hilarious. Yeah. And, and so we, we learn and get programmed out of it. And what often can happen is that it starts not working, right? Like maybe it's a, not a big deal when you're five, maybe not a big deal when 10, but then all those things start to accumulate. We start to forget. It's like our intuition goes, well, she's not going to listen to me anyway. So I'm going to bed. <laughs> you know, just wake me up later when you're ready. So we just look outside ourselves because that, that, that's, we're just used to the programming. Well, what's the best thing to do? What does the Bible say? You know, what does church say? What does my parents say? What do the teachers say? And I was like the quintessential teacher's pet. I always got my homework done. I was always an A student. I always did what I was told. I was super, super obedient, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I was freaking miserable, to be honest, because I was trying so hard to be good that any mistake I made, I felt horrible. So it wasn't until, you know, gosh, in my 30s, where I finally kind of burnt out from trying to be everything to everyone, including a medical doctor in a small town. Of course, I had to be in a small town, right? And and had super, super high responsibility. My body just thought, uh, I am so done, right? And so the adrenals burned out, got really, really sick, ended up with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and allergy, uh, the list goes on. And I was at rock bottom, and many of us have to get there <laughs> to realize there's another way. And literally was suicidal was thinking of ways as a medical doctor that I could kill myself and my then husband could get the insurance policy, right? I'm not going to tell you the way to do it. So anyway, but I did figure it out. Uh, and then one night I was crying myself to bed like I was because I was sick and didn't feel good. And, and literally there was like this voice and the voice, you can talk about intuition, but the voice was my voice, but it was just this really calm, neutral kind of thought form that said, you know, you have a choice. And I'm like, who said that? <laughs> and I start arguing with this inner voice, right? I do not have a choice. I have to do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, you have to be a good wife. And, and I just knew I wasn't happy in my relationship, but I thought, well, I just had to keep going. But this voice was so pleasant, but insistent, you have a choice. And I was like, ah, well, if I did have a choice, what would I choose? And the answer was a divorce. And I was like, oh my God, that's not going to happen, right? But then I thought about it and thought about it and thought about what if I did have a choice? What if I did have a choice? And then I made that choice and boy, was it hard. I'd love to tell you guys it was easy, but it wasn't. All hell broke loose. <laughs> My parents freaked out, right? Because nobody ever does that in the Chinese family without major repercussions. And my husband, of course, freaked out. But it absolutely needs to happen. And at some way along the way, I, I was just like, okay, well, whatever I tried is not working. So I might as well maybe try the opposite. So this voice started getting a little louder and it wasn't really a voice voice, like I'm hearing voices, but just this, the thoughts kept coming that were really, really different from what I was thinking. And I thought, well, let me just try that. Right. And then what would happen? I was like, get happier and happier. And then synchronicity started happening. Teachers came into my life. The right books came into my life, the right courses. And I just started following this little breadcrumb trail slowly, seemingly. And then within two years, I pretty much healed my fibromyalgia chronic fatigue, which is unheard of generally. <laughs> People don't seem to heal from that very often. And then I thought, well, I'm going to probably share this, right? So I started sharing with my patients and really allowing myself the, okay, it's not logical, but I'm feeling this. 
or my sense is this, and started learning the language, had some teachers help me with languaging. And lo and behold, you know, my patients were getting better because I wasn't telling them what they should do, <laughs> but literally saying, well, these are the options. What do you, what, what resonates with you? So I, I learned the language, right. To, to share that without being that doctor, be like, well, cause I used to be that one where it's like, okay, you're listening to some radio show of this Yahoo medical doctor that says progesterone is good for you. I don't see the data. The book is by an MD who is no longer licensed, so I'm not going to believe him. And just completely poo-poo whatever the person presented. And now I'm like, wait a second. There are reasons that people do not renew their license. There are reasons why it isn't shared in mainstream. Oh, wow. Okay. So now I'm much, much more open and uh, my favorite line, Carrie Hummingbird, is whatever works. I love you know, that. I, I have a big recommendation, right? It doesn't work for you. Throw it out. Throw it out. Find something that does work. Whatever works. To, yeah. <laughs> whatever works. Whatever works. You don't want to do it my way? Great. That's fine. <laughs> you want to do it my way? Great. That's fine. I'm not going to be attached to it. It's whatever works. Whatever gets you to more health, happiness, joy, prosperity, harmony in your relationships. Do that. Yeah, it's so much pressure, isn't it, to be the one that's supposed to have everyone's answers? <laughs> that is so much pressure. And it's because it's false. It's a false illusion. And yeah. I think that Louise Hayes really shed a lot of light on this for us, didn't she? Because she came along and did this whole research project about different parts of the body and told us, okay, this is what's stored in this part of the body. And this is what's stored over here. And if you're having problems with this, it's probably because of this. It's like, wow, that, that's a good jumping off point, right? For self-exploration. That, that book was in my waiting room. This is going to be like decentralized medicine. I think that's going to just really drive authoritarian types of people insane. But <laughs> everyone has all these resources to do. And the internet gives us a lot of information. You know, it gives us some false information, but it also gives us, you know, if we're really being guided, we're being guided to information that we need to, to consider, to digest, right? To actually look at. Right, exactly. And thank you, first of all, for acknowledging the big responsibility and the pressure, because as medical doctors, there's a lot of pressure to be perfect. Brian Goldman actually does this TED Talk. He's a, an MD in Ottawa. I, I graduated from Ottawa University. And he did this TED Talk that my friend sent to me. And I cry every time I think of it even, so I'll try not to do that right now. But basically, he says, you know, what's a great batting average, right? Whatever that is, 0.75 or whatever, how the baseball people do it. And he goes, so what do you think about a doctor having a 0.75? That's not good enough. Yeah, it has to be a 10. Somebody could die. <laughs> Somebody might die. Yeah, I mean, and so there's that pressure. Happens every day, but yeah. To be perfect. And so we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And so we think we have to have the answer. And so if we are relying on other people finding their own answers, that's kind of scary for us because you never know, they might sue us, right? Or somebody might die. So yeah, it is very challenging. So I do empathize with my, my medical colleagues. It, it is a very challenging space to be in. Uh, one of my favorite stories, uh, Carrie, is that I was on a plane with several naturopaths going to a like a, a meeting together. Dr. Aaron Kinney, who you know, was also on the plane. They were sitting in front of me. I was in the, the back seats, right? So I have all these naturopaths and sitting and the guess what? Over the intercom says, is there a medical doctor in the plane? We need your help. Please come to the galley, right? And I'm thinking, there's four of them up there. Not a single one stood up. Not a single one. They waited for me to go. And I'm like, I'm walking from the back and I'm looking at them like, they're like, oh, we know you can handle it, right? Because the medical doctor, that final authority figure, 
They defer to us when all hell breaks loose and they don't know what to do. We're the ones that get sued, not them, right? So it's this huge responsibility. And by the way, it was appropriate that I was the one because the person that fell down, hit their head and became unconscious was a medical doctor. And I had to kick them off the plane. So yeah, probably an MD would have had better, bigger clout than all the naturopaths and the ER nurse who helped me. Thank, thank, she's so sweet. <laughs> None of my colleagues helped me, just the ER nurse. I'm like, seriously, guys? <laughs> so that's, 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 a, that's so much like, you know, I think that the pandemic taught us a lot about how we don't know, like the medical industry, yeah. they didn't know what to do. They were just making some stuff up that sounded good. You know, it's like, okay, we're a mess. Well, we don't know how we're like, going to follow this authority. We don't know, you know, like try this <laughs> and we hope it works. And there wasn't like, you know, it wasn't only afterwards that there were studies and things like that done, because when you're in a crisis, you don't have time to run studies. You just got to like, well, just hop to it and try to figure it out. Right. But then you're just kind of guessing. But I think the guessing part is actually what's true. You know, I think everyone's guessing. It's up to the person. I really firmly believe that the person is the only one that can look inside themselves and really know the truth. Like they might get a lot of insight or mirroring from the outside world. Yes. They might get input, you know, and this information comes in. But that person's still the one that has to digest all of it and go, this is what looks right to me. Yeah. But people don't know how to do that, Dr. Karen. I mean, because it's gotten conditioned out of us because of what religion and fear and, and misogyny. So, you know, we're, we're, we're supposed to trust our intuition. We were supposed to surrender all of our power outside of us to these authority figures in this like institutional system. But no, we forgot how to connect with our bodies, how to connect with spirit, how to connect with mother earth and how to trust that sort of invisible wisdom, right? It's because it's it's kind of invisible. It's in the intangible space to learn how to connect with that, which our ancestors always knew. They knew how to how to talk to the planet, how to talk to the trees and the plants. I think about, you know, I'm going to the jungle, as you know. And by the time this comes out, I think I'll be coming right back from the jungle. I think I'm heading on the way home by the time it's released or something like that. But or I might even be home. But anyway. In the jungle, they am going to be working with ayahuasca with the shamans. And the only reason the shamans know how to work with ayahuasca as a plant, as a medicinal plant for healing, is because the plant told them how to mix it. The plant itself told the shamans, this is how you prepare me. This is what you do. Because if they hadn't have listened to that, they would have died, <laughs> but through experimentation, right? So they, they actually talk with the plant. They listen to the plant. They work with the plant and the plant tells them how to prepare it. And what it's used for. And so, and having done these plant medicine journeys, I, you know, I've listened to the plants and I've felt their energies and there, I definitely feel like they're galactic. I do not feel they are all from this planet because they have different worlds. And I had this one ceremony where I was on ayahuasca and all the plants started coming in and I could feel the difference in energetics. And I even saw visuals of like different planets, like actually different plants where this plant is from some other planet. Oh, I didn't know that. And all of this information is coming in and it's congruent with what other people are saying, you know, like, oh yeah, I felt this one was kind of like this strange ethereal world, you know? Mm. So it's kind of cool. I mean, it's really cool actually to be able to do that. 
But we need to learn how to listen, right? Because I mean, the planet has wisdom for us and our bodies have wisdom for us. So how do you help people bridge that? Because I know you must have been a, it must have taken a journey for you to move out of that, that left brain, like that, you know, what the heck, like, I know, like I know, and I know, because it's written in these books to like, wait a second, maybe I don't know. And let me listen. How did you make that bridge yourself? Well, yeah, certainly the left brain part became very, very strong because of conditioning, of course, medical school, you know, lots and lots of studying and learning. And I was very good at test taking. So very strong in the left brain and very inquisitive and uh, a big critical thinker on some level. Right. But because of my illness, there were no answers. You know, it's like, how do you treat chronic fatigue fibromyalgia? Medicine only has these few options, antidepressants and you know, another antidepressant, which both made me sick. So, well, that's the end of that, right? And I'm like, there must be more than this, right? So then I was like, okay, well, there must be something else. And of course, the left brain goes to research and things like that. I did find some other, you know, naturopathic type of thing. But what was very interesting was on the soul level, I knew it had to do with my, you know, feeling depressed and unhappy in my marriage. So I kind of went down that road, found a teacher because now that I was open, right? The universe is like, here you go. <laughs> Here's this person. Uh, and she helped me a lot. And she was just a beautiful soul who's just so compassionate. And then I got into kind of esoteric stuff. And of course, the curiosity is so strong in me. I was like, how does psychic stuff work? You know, how does this work? Right. So I kind of used that left brain to help explore the right brain stuff and whatever works. And it started to work. So I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Um, and then now, Fast forward, you know, uh, after you know, several books and, you know, lo- uh, teaching lots of people, I, for one, you know, people, my, my, my first teacher always used to say, well, if you would dedicate about 10 minutes a day to meditation, that would really change your life. Here's the thing. I'm going to be honest, Carrie. I looked at everybody, my friends, and even my teacher that were meditating 10 or more minutes a day, and their lives were not any better than mine. So the left brain's like, well, prove it. <laughs> So I didn't do it. I couldn't make myself do it for more than a day or two. I got impatient. I don't know what was supposed to happen. Uh, I didn't have time. I'm a very busy person. My personality is like, go, go, go. Love to you know stay moving. So I'm like, well, this isn't going to work for me. So I just stopped. But then, of course, the left brain was like, I want something fast. And I found this book called The Secrets of Instant Healing by Frank Kinslow. It was thin and it said instant. <laughs> so I did this process. And I'm like, oh, that's easy. Okay, so what? So I'm th- I'm doing it and I'm thinking, well, nothing's instantly healing, but something did happen. I ended up with some detoxification symptoms. And by that time, I'd learned to muscle test and all different things. So I figured out that I was actually doing such rapid healing that I was kind of detoxing. And even though the particular pain or whatever I was trying to work on didn't work, there were some amazing things in my life that started working. Money started coming in, opportunities coming in. I'm like, whoa. I don't even have to sit still to do this process. That is cool. And then one day, you know, one of my former clients and student, he said, I don't, I don't really get this thing that Dr. Frank Kinslow is doing. I said, well, did you read the book? He says, yes, I read the book, but I'm not, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I said, okay, well, so I shared with him what I now call the stillness through observing internal movement process, where you're just observing the inside of your body and noticing any waves or movement inside the body. You know, it doesn't matter what it is, where it is. You just kind of follow it, focus on it. And so I had to do that procedure. And I said, can you feel something moving? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can feel a pulse. I said, where do you feel it? Okay, well, over here and over there. I said, okay, great. I said, that's it. He goes, what do you mean that's it? I said, that's it. 
you don't have to do anything else. Just be in the body, feel the body, and that's your meditation. He goes, really? I said, yeah, try it out. See if it works for you as, as well as it does for me. So you can try it when you're doing something or you can be sitting still. I just happen not to sit still a lot. So, and he did, and he goes, oh my gosh, this works great. Right. And they manifested all this incredible stuff. Like as you know, guys really like their cars. So he manifested his dream car and he manifested this amazing, you know, summit. Now he is like, he's got a 10 times bigger mailing list than I do. <laughs> like everyone knows who he is. It's amazing. Right. From this tiny, tiny process. And it really is what, you know, similar to what you teach about honoring the body and being embodied. Instead of like a lot of us are star seeds, we come from elsewhere, right? So we're like this human body, it's really thick and it's dense. I don't like it. So we kind of stay up here and we're not fully embodied. But if we can actually be embodied, feel the body, then stuff starts to happen. We start to be able to connect to our intuition because in that, when we're feeling the stuff in the body, what happens is your mind is busy looking for movement in the body, right? You just told your mind what to do. Look for movement in the body. Oh, there it is over there, over here. Oh, I feel something in my hand. Wow. It's too busy to go blah, 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 blah. Give you negative thoughts because you're so busy telling what to do. It's finding the energy. And then what happens is the intuition just comes in like, so if you have a question, I find if I have a question, I'm frustrated about something. I don't know what to do. I just feel that frustration or whatever feeling it is in the body. What does that feel like? And the funny thing is, is because I was thinking about what I should do a moment ago, when I'm feeling energy in the body, all of a sudden the idea pops in. Some people, they're more visual, so it can come as a visual, like a momentary visual visualization, or it could be a word if they're clairaudient and they find a word, or it could be just a thought, you know, like, oh, do this. And it's amazing when that happens. And then as you practice it more and more. It doesn't take just a few seconds a day, right? If you want to, then you'll notice that, oh, wow, things are easier. I'm not struggling as much. Things seem to come my way. The right person shows up. I literally will do stuff for fun. I'll be like, "Mm, I think I need some underwear. Okay. You got to buy some new underwear. So I would like a coupon, please. (laughs) So I imagine the coupon coming and sure enough, an email, you know, that my favorite company says, we're having an underwear sale. And I'm like, of course you are. Right. It's so fun when you get that connected to your body and yourself. I love that. I love that you're you're giving people a way to access their intuition without having to get completely zen and be up on the top of the mountain and, and go to some silent <laughs> retreat for 15 days. You know, because we live modern lives and I do think I know that people need more stillness. Sure. <laughs> but absolutely. you know, absolutely. But like when you're getting started, that feels so daunting, you know, and it's like, well, I don't know how to do that. And that seems really uncomfortable. And I don't like being still because then I'm aware of all my thoughts and I hate that. You know? <laughs> and so people don't want to be still like that. But I love what you're saying, like pay attention to the body. Cause that was I'm realizing that was actually my pathway too, because my first real teacher for shamanism, Heather Ashamara, she was teaching me how to place one hand over my my belly and one hand over my heart and to close my eyes and to go inside whenever I felt stress and then just breathe and feel it. And that's actually quite revolutionary. <laughs> like that's the heart. It's so simple, heart, right? It's heart coherence. It's, it's rebalancing the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems. And it's like holding a baby, you know? So like you're holding yourself like a baby and then you're just kind of breathing. And and like you said, your attention is like on your breath or on your hands because your hands are on your body. And they're yeah. they're on the parts of the body where the nervous systems meet, right? Like where the, the energy bundles are. So 
how brilliant is that? Actually, that's very smart. You know, and I only like years later did I realize that's actually revolutionary to place your hands there and to take breaths and to close your eyes. Because why? Because the eyes are the primary sense that activates the mind for most people. The vision, the outside world is hooking our attention because we're seeing it normally. So if we can turn off that stimulus for a moment, we can tune in, you know, and then place our focus in the body. And then, yeah, we're coming inside ourselves. We're like landing on the planet. You can't manifest anything unless you're here. That's what people often tell people that, right? Because you you can't manifest if you have one little dangle of energy animating yourself. You can't heal your body unless you're willing to be here and willing to be embodied. I, I measure people's horror lines day in and day out. And there are proportion that, you know, their their soul is not necessarily human. So they have other star seed lives and they're just not used to this density. And it's very hard, very difficult. They kind of forgot their assignment when they incarnated. So part of their energy is escaped out and it's not anchored in the body. And the higher line is one way where we can actually test of what percentage of the energy charge is in the higher line. If it's low, that means they actually don't want to be here. <laughs> And if they don't want to be here, it's really hard for them to heal their physical form because there's not energy in the present. And that's absolutely necessary. And I love the whole heart belly, you know, thing because a lot of people are very tactile as well. And this helps to anchor in what am I feeling? If they're like, I don't feel anything in my body, then it's like, okay, we'll put your hands on it. Can you feel your hand on your body? Yeah. Okay. Well, can your hand feel the chest? Yeah. Can your hand feel the belly? Yeah. Right. So we can kind of step by step, bring people's awareness back to the body. And it's it's a very, very awesome practice. And eventually you won't need to do this. Eventually you won't need to close your eyes. Right. You can be able, like I'm talking to you, Carrie, right now, and I can just feel all sorts of energy running in my body. I'm actually quite warm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And uh, yeah, it's really, it's really fun. I think the fun thing is just seeing the synchronicities happen and the solutions coming up. I used to struggle. I used to be like, wake awake all night long, trying to figure out a problem. That is not the way to do it. (laughs) It takes so much energy, you know, and it's just like, if you're a person that gets a lot of headaches, like all your energy is up here. I was telling people it's like a blob. And so some people walk around like blobs. The energy is all <laughs> up here, just like their head and their throat. Like, and it's not I even- I do have down, a lot of that too. <laughs> it's not even down past the chest, you know, like it doesn't yeah, even get to yeah. the chest. It's just like blobbing like this. So no wonder oh, yeah. you're all like so disoriented because you're walking around trying to yep. like well, Some of us have to actually work at it, you know? You got to like, get the energy all the way down through the yep. feet and into yep. the earth, you know? That's what grounding meditations are for. So when you were saying you test people's HAR line, tell us a little bit more about that. Is it H-A-R? Like, what is that line? H-A-R-A. Yeah. So traditionally in sort of energy healing spaces, the HAR line is like the main power line that you can receive energy, if you will, from source above and even earth below. And uh, from the HAR line, there are connections to the energy center of vortices in the body, the chakras. Uh, and depending on which system, whether seven chakra system, 13 chakra system, the heart lines connected and communicating to all these to help your body function, but also there are metaphysical things that they do. So this power line has to be able to have these chakras or four disease to convert that raw energy into the kind of energy that 
the pancreas, the stomach, the heart, you know, like the physical parts of us need. And so we all have this tube in Chinese medicine. It's all, it's, you know, they, they call it something else. The Tai Chi poles, what they call it, but there is this linear kind of conduit of energy right in front of, or encompassing the spine. And you can actually with the divine muscle testing. So that's you know something I teach my students is to, first of all, connect to themselves, their inner wisdom. I sometimes we call it connect to source, connect to the zero point field through this stoem, stillness through observing internal movement. Then we teach them how to do muscle testing to use their body as a conduit for inner knowing. And eventually you won't need the muscle testing, but it's a great practice to do that. And we just literally ask quality questions of source and say, okay, well, how happy and balanced is this person's higher line? More than 50%, less than 50%, more than 70, 80, 90, you know, until we get a yes response, which could be a sway forward for people doing the sway test. And so my claim to fame is not that I know a lot. <laughs> my claim to fame is that I ask a lot of questions and I ask the right questions because we can be very accurate in that when we're connected to the zero point field, when we're connected to that inner wisdom, we can ask all sorts of questions. I can ask for someone that's like struggling with thyroid issues, how happy and balanced is their thyroid? How happy and balanced is their pathway between the pineal, hypothalamus, pituitary, thyroid, adrenals, right? How much, what percentage of that thyroid issue is actually physical in nature? Do they need more minerals? Do they need more protein, whatever? Or is it mental? Is it a negative thought form? Or is there an emotion related to the thyroid that's causing it? Or is it energetic? Maybe one of their meridians is not working very well. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe they have an energetic weapon, spiritual weapon of some sort from another timeline. You know, some weird esoteric stuff we get into. And perhaps it's dimensional. There can be all sorts of reasons, but we can really, really quickly, you know, in five or 10 minutes, hone in on what the major issues causing this issue and most of the time when somebody gets on an interview with me for like the VIP program or something, we go through this mini assessment. They've never heard about, they might've worked with a naturopath or somebody for like 20 years, you know, and I'd be like, okay, let's see what's going on. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So there's a curse on your mom's side of the family, 80 generations back. And it's this curse. And I'll say what the curse is. And they're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my whole family on that side, this is what's happened over and over and over and over again, right? So people connect to it. And then like in a in a blink of an eye, we can just pull that out and it's gone. So that's the other part of the, the healing modality. Everyone can do it. It's just, they don't know how to do it, but it's actually pretty easy. So what I'm here for is really teaching people how to ask the right question so they can actually tune in to get their own answers. Yeah. Asking the right question is that I think probably most of it, right? Because it has to be a yes, no answer. And sometimes it's the ambiguity that prevents a person from getting a clear answer. And other times it's because parts of you don't agree. <laughs> so like <laughs> one part, you know, so that's like parts work too. Like a part of you is not agreeing with the other part. You know, one part of you holds, it's like multiple personality people. Like I love this story from my teacher was, um, when I first started studying. She was like, well, how is it that multiple personality people, one personality can have cancer yeah. And then when it's present, and then as soon as that one's gone and another one's present, the cancer has gone. How is yeah. it possible that it could be like that? Like just gone. And so that just led me to think like, we're creating our reality. You know, like we're yeah. creating the whole reality. So if we could change some underlying thing, it would just be gone, you know? So yes. that's the magic there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, they say it's a holographic universe, right? And we have the ability and Really through the zero point, that is where that's the source of all creation. So when we reconnect there and there is a 
in this multiple personality disorder, I think what happens is that that blueprint of who they are shifts and changes. And so very quickly, the sacred geometry changes and then their physical form can change. And most of us are attempting to get that fast, right? (laughs) Changing our physical form and connecting to the zero point field consciously, which is definitely a practice for sure, but well, well worth it because it's actually pretty fun once you start playing around in it. Yeah. So this is a fun thing, right? Like I think that people can, what's the the thing, the most common experience when people start learning your technique, like what's the most common thing that they say about this technique and what it gives them? Well, I I think one of the things is people feel relieved (laughs) because they've been feeling guilty for so long because a lot of people that I see are, you know, spiritually conscious. So they're like, I know I should meditate, you know, and they feel really, really guilty. Like I used to, and I'm like, you don't have to meditate. They're like, what? Right. And I'm like, I just feel your body. Just feel the energy in the body. You feel like go rub your hands, you know, rub your hands and then just close your eyes. If your eyes are distracting and just, what do you feel? I feel heat. What else do you feel? I don't know. Kind of buzzing in my hands. It's kind of going on my arm. Perfect. Great. That's it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Just get used to feeling your body and like feeling what's going on. And then the other things is when then more sophisticated, then they can start to have a question. Oh, I'm having problems with my neighbor. What should I do? Right. And then they feel the body. They feel whatever the emotion they feel, allowing it to be there. Just what does that feel like in the body? And then all of a sudden, there it's just something. It's like you don't even know sometimes it's intuition, Carrie. Sometimes it's like, I just feel compelled to do something. Like the other day, I was helping you know somebody in uh, one of my dream weaving looms. And, and I just thought, oh, she really likes animals. Oh, I'll just put on Facebook. It was just literally like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, I just put on Facebook, anybody highly spiritual here who absolutely loves animals? Oh my God, I got like 15 responses. I'm still catching up right, to respond to these people. It's like, how did I know to do that? I just was just doing what I do. I just feel my body, feel my body. And then with that slight question, how can I help this person? Then it was like the idea came and I just acted and didn't even think, oh, is this an intuitive? <laughs> you know, no, no, no. It just bypasses the left brain. It's just like, I feel like doing that. So I'll do it. Sometimes they'll be like, oh, I love this quote. I'm making a meme. (laughs) And I'll just make a meme. And it's like, people are like, oh my God, I really need to hear that. Oh my God, thank you so much for making this. Right. And I'm like, cool. No idea I was supposed to make it, but I just felt like it. So that's the really neat thing about it is that it can grow and evolve in this way. And it can be really fun. Yeah. And that second guessing thing that I've gotten trapped in so many times in my path, right? Trying to I've gotten serious about testing myself, Dr. Karen. I will just confess. I've gone through periods where I I did not trust my muscle testing or my pendulum the first time through. So I would write down all the different options on little tiny strips of paper and then fold them up so that I couldn't see what they say. And then like toss them in the air. And then I don't know which one's which, right? And then I'll just put my pendulum over all of them and see which one's right, you know? Sure. And then I would go like, oh, but I'm not sure. And then I would test, I would say, well, if it's right, it should be the right like three times in a row. (laughs) So yeah, I know what you mean about like testing it, right? And and then as a healer though, like when you actually work with people with this, you learn to trust it faster, actually, I feel like, because, you know, you get the answer, you share, you say, well, what's coming for me is this feeling, or I feel this in my body. Is that what you're feeling in your body? And you know, in that mirroring process, there can be so much comfort. It's like, oh, okay, you do. Okay, great. I was correct there, you know. And I like it. I like that it's um, you know, we're moving out of the certainty, yeah, and into the yes. question. 
and yes. questions were always forbidden. So we're, we're tasting mm-hmm. the forbidden fruit of questions. <laughs> and we're asking a lot right. of that. Yeah, yes, I love. And then I just love, you know, you say I, how you're working with people and, uh, you know, asking their, you know, resonance or, you know, sometimes we, the universe will literally give us validation, like in like your client saying something or somebody else on Facebook saying something. Sometimes I think I'm nuts. Okay. Cause I get some answer. I'm like, what the heck is dimensional fascia? I have no idea, but source told me to write it down. Okay. Here I am trying to medical, like, okay, what does that look like? You know, trying to figure it out. I'm like, well, there's this thing. It connects everything to everything. I'm calling it fascia, interdimensional fascia. I know you can't find it anywhere. It's not in the books, not on the internet. Right. And then my mentor, Marcus, who, who knows the Egyptian Abukra system, he teaches that now. When he started teaching, he's like, oh, we call them strings and membranes. I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, that's exactly what the the interdimensional fascia is, right? So it's neat having that uh, validation. So we'll each get something different, but we'll validate that we're on the right track. And that's the nice thing about doing this practice. Yeah, and I like that you said that, too, because then there'll be that confirmation. And you could, I don't know about you, but when you interview people, you never even met this person before, and you'll have this instant knowing like, yes, that's exactly the message I got, you know, oh, I got the same message last year or yeah, I had the same idea. And so we're on the same wavelengths and I feel like we just have to trust that. So we're running out of time here, but unfortunately, because I love you so much and I just love (laughs) telling stories with you. What else do you want to share with people? Because I know that this, this testing I've done, actually, I read uh, Dr. Karen's, she has a free offer, a free book that teaches you how to do some of this stuff. And there's this amazing, you got classes, you have a podcast of your own, you have a community, you have, I mean, you have, you're like set up, you know? So what do you want, what do you want to tell people about today? Well, if you know what you're hearing resonates with you, would like to, you know, connect with the, the community. We, we call it the light medicine community, but the, the link near this, it's uh, basically karencan.com forward slash community. And that'll forward you where it's free to join. And every month we do a mini healing where I do actually muscle testing on the whole group. And sometimes individuals, we just demonstrate how we can get the answers and heal. And it's pretty fun. I really have a lot of fun and, and people do as well to get that free mini healing every month. And then um, the stillness through observing internal movement, that's actually a free class. It's like a 30 minute class and people can get that at stillness on the fly. Dot com, And so walk you through the whole process. Of course, the sensitivity is your superpower book, which you can get on Amazon. Uh, that whole chapter four, I say, is the most important chapter of the whole book, which is that stillness procedure. Remember, guys, stillness does not mean om, right? You know, you can literally go, oh, I just need to feel my body. That's it, right? And just walk around. Oh, I forgot to feel my body for the last three hours. Okay, feel it now, right? And just do it for seconds at a time. It is incredibly effective and cumulative in benefit, just doing a little bit at a time. And, and the cool thing is children learn it really quickly, right? Because they don't have a thought that they can't learn it. <laughs> so it's really, really uh, fast. And if you can teach your children, grandchildren this, go into their happy place, whatever you want to say, you know, feel the heat in the hands, yes. You know, it's like, okay, feel the heat, feel the pulse, right? And then they get kind of used to doing that and it's no big deal. So yeah, so those are free resources for you, the Light Medicine community, love to connect with you. And then also the um, stillnessonthefly.com is that free class to learn the stillness technique. I love that, stillness on the fly. 
Com. So you guys go check that out. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your gifts and wisdom and your bright light. I so appreciate you. And I hope you guys all love her too. I'll put the links in the show notes. So go look below to get those links. And we're going to give kisses guys, but only after I just ask you one little favor. Can you please like share this episode out? Can you leave a comment and share it out with a friend who might be open, important, might be open <laughs> to learning? And then just say, are you open? You could even ask before, are you open to something I listened to that I really found something powerful with? Are you open to receiving it? And if they say yes, then you can share. And then everybody's willing, right? And so that's one way you can learn how to share is you can ask, are you open? And just another little tip there on sharing this kind of stuff out. Okay, we're going to give you kisses now. So here we come. You want to join me, Dr. Karen. Here come the kisses, everybody. We love you so much. Thanks for listening to the end. to love. And we'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you, Carrie. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Yeah.